welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, December 12th, and I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, we're delving into the debt collector sector, following the release of our two-part sector review. We will then run through the key highlights from the primary market this past week. But first, we're joined by Reorg Covenants lawyer Bart Capici, who's here to talk to us about Labs high-yield bonds that are currently in the market. Hi, Bart. Why don't you tell us about what's so special about Labs bonds? Hi, Andrew. Synlab is currently marketing 500 million euros of senior secured high-yield bonds, along with a 900 million euro term loan B. The proceeds, along with those from a 500 million PIC facility, will be used to fund Synven's acquisition of Synlab and to repay its existing term loan A. So far, it sounds like a pretty standard acquisition financing. Well, those aspects of it are pretty standard, but there are two things that stand out. First, there's an extremely aggressive covenant package in the bonds. It has pretty much every off-market, sponsor-friendly feature that we've seen lately, including ratio debt that's subject to two alternate ratio tests, each tested on a no-worse-than-before basis, a weak restricted payments builder basket, a second leverage loan-style available amount basket for restricted payments, two times contribution debt, a dividend-to-debt toggle to convert restricted payment capacity into debt capacity, significant calculation flexibilities, and a whole host of other horrors if you're a potential investor looking for covenant protection, or joys if you're Sinven looking for maximum flexibility to run the company and pay yourself returns. How does that compare to the rest of the European high-yield market? It's the most aggressive covenant package that we've seen this year. Day one capacities to make shareholder payments and incur additional structurally senior debt are more than double the market average, and capacities to incur additional senior secured debt and transfer value into unrestricted subsidiaries in a J-Crew-style priming transaction aren't far off double. Admittedly, the current trend towards pushing out maturities and refinancing transactions has led to more conservative covenants than you'd see in a bull market. But clearly here, Sinven thinks they have a strong enough credit that investors will overlook the weaknesses of their covenant protection. Is there anything else unusual about the deal? Yes, there's a potentially enormous weakness that they seem to be soft-selling. As with many acquisition financings, the proceeds of the bonds will be held in escrow until the acquisition is completed, and the security and guarantees for the bonds won't come into place until sometime after that. However, there's a slight hitch here. You see, Synlab is a listed company, and Synven is acquiring it through a tender offer. Now, it acquired about 86% of Synlab's shares in the tender offer, but there remains 14% that it doesn't have, and it's still trying to acquire. If it reaches 90%, it can do a squeeze-out merger to get the remaining shares. But if it doesn't, then things get complicated. Notwithstanding it owning a majority of the shares, Synven won't actually control Synlab until it enters into a domination agreement or profit and loss pooling agreement with Synlab. It converts it into a GmbH limited liability company or it merges Synlab into the bond issuer. 
Now, you'd think they'd be able to achieve one of these, but there's no clear roadmap for that. And if it doesn't happen, then things get decidedly worse for bondholders. How so? Well, German corporate law is relatively restrictive in terms of the guarantees and security that subsidiaries can give to support an acquisition. And until Sinven actually gets control of Synlab through one of the ways I've just listed, neither Synlab nor any of its subsidiaries will guarantee the bonds or provide any collateral. This will leave bondholders significantly exposed to Synlab incurring structurally and effectively senior priming debt in the future. Now, normally you'd expect that the acquisition wouldn't close until control was achieved so that investors know for sure where their position in the capital structure will be. Here, Sinben seems to be saying, trust us, and it'll be interesting to see to what extent investors actually do. Pricing is set for today, and so we ought to find out shortly. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete the short survey in the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. Today, we are deep diving into the intriguing world of debt collectors, continuing on from the part one of the sector review, which we published in November. To discuss, I'm joined by credit analyst Wayne Jimbao. Hi, Wayne. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the latest sector review? Hey, Andrew. We have been looking at this sector a lot recently, mainly because it's changed a lot in the past few years and as such faces some interesting challenges. The golden age of non-performing loans, or MPLs, is over. Debt collectors had grown to prominence and entered the high-yield universe in the aftermath of the 2008 global financial crisis as banks rapidly offloaded MPLs, often at steep discounts to improve their asset quality. As a result, MPL ratios reduced to 1.8% in 2023 from 7.5% in 2014 across Europe. The fall in MPL ratios across Europe to below 5% has reduced the need for banks to offload MPLs at steep discounts, while higher interest rates have pushed up funding costs, raising concerns over the debt collector's business models. The COVID-19 pandemic was expected to be a mini blast from the past and result in a new surge of defaulted loans. But robust lending standards and solid support from governments scuppered the prospect of a large supply of MPLs flooding the market again. Sounds interesting. Now, in, sec- in, in part one of the report, you go into a lot more detail on these sector changes. Now, in the r- most recent part two, I understand you kind of touch on individual credits, their issues, uh, capital structure considerations and maturities. Yes, that's right. We look at the issuers in the doubles B space, which is an area dominated by low leverage companies, encompassing all of the US issuers and the European services. Kruk remains the sole debt purchaser in Europe that maintains a double B rating. However, the more interesting space was the single B space. We cover the two big European issuers, Intram and Lao, touching upon Intram's overhaul in their business model and Lao's business plan and the potential struggle to refinance due to high interest rates. We cover most of the other names, including Exacta and their supportive shareholder, and DDM debt with its single bond yielding 26%. You mentioned a European banking report. What did that say? They basically mentioned that the MPL ratio remains stable. However, there have been net inflows in consumer MPLs year to date, 
Whilst on the surface this sounds promising to debt collectors, market participants should exercise prudence, recognising that upward movements from historical lows lack any real significance. Instead, they should focus on how companies plan to improve their margins, grow their servicing revenue, and any steps towards some sort of co-investment business model, if any. Joining us now is Leverage Finance reporter Beatrice Mervolian. Hi, Beatrice. What has been going on in the primary market this past week? Hi, yes. Um, last week, a number of loans wrapped up syndication, while identity software group Edemia, education provider Europa University, and media technical production company NEP launched new loans. Meanwhile, equipment rental group Loxum and telecom group Iliad raised new bonds with Synlab adding a bond to its debt package later in the week. This week, no new deals were launched so far. Next year, investors expect a continued focus on dividend recaps as sponsors seek returns on their investments amid a still challenging M&A market. However, this will only be possible for stronger credits with with relatively moderate leverage. Many of the credits in the primary market last week, such as Schoen Clinic and uh, Wiener Plastics, were high quality. However, some strong businesses are trying to push leverage to unsustainable levels, investors have said. For example, drug delivery device solutions uh, company Nimera, which is marketing a 590 million euro term loan beat to extend the maturity of its existing uh, facility to 2029 and, and partially refinance its second lien facility, generates lower EBITDA than its expected capital expenditure, which is particularly challenging with leverage increasing to almost six times on a gross basis. Investors also noted the the high leverage on Synlab and Edemia. Uh, Lenders considering uh, private hospital operator Schoen Clinic's 350 million term loan B highlighted that the company is a small player in a fragmented market. However, net leverage is reasonable at 4.2 times on a pro forma basis. And the fixed charge coverage ratio will remain over 2.5 times after the refinancing. The company faces some concentration risk because it generates almost all of its revenue from Germany and uh, regulatory reform is underway there, which means that there is some regulatory risk. Equipment rental company Loxum priced a 600 million euro 5.5 year senior secured note at par with a 6.375% coupon for refinancing. Investors considering the new notes highlighted that the company has a leading position in Europe and has been well managed through multiple economic downturns. However, some buy-siders were concerned that the company's expansion over recent years has been overly ambitious and entirely debt-funded, and free cash flow generation has also typically been limited. However, the company does benefit from counter-cyclical free cash flow generation because it can pull back on CapEx during economic downturns. Investors considering Synlab's debt package noted that the company is in a stable, highly regulated, non-cyclical sector with high barriers to entry. Synlab benefits from far greater geographical diversification than many of its peers. The company is marketing a debt package to support Synven's increase of its stake in the company. However, like many of its laboratory operating peers, Synlab has been struggling with cost inflation, in particular rising personnel costs and staff shortages. In line with its peers, um, uh, Synlab has also been impacted by tariff cuts. Check out Reorg's EMEA Maturities and Pipeline 
which provides a list of companies in the EMEA markets with maturities over the next 24 months. Notably, 17 companies fall within our stressed slash distressed coverage. The tracker also includes deal origination opportunities featuring leverage buyouts and acquisitions. We are providing contacts for selected credits with bonds or loans maturing over the next 24 months, which are currently trading below par. We provide highlights of recent coverage for credits that are involved in an ongoing sales process and those that have recently fallen into a restructuring. The pipeline is built using proprietary data from Credit Cloud and existing Intel, including articles published as part of our deal origination coverage. It is updated monthly and is published on the last Tuesday of each month. The latest version is available on the Reorg website, downloadable in Excel. Contact us at marketing at reorg.com for more information. Further information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on the Reorg website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.